This is Napkin Scribbles, a podcast by Arthur and Professor Leonard Sweet. Today's Napkin Scribble is sponsored by Portland Seminary of George Fox University. For more information, join them on the web at portlandseminary.org. Now here's Leonard Sweet. The only place you can go today and take off your mask in public? The table. You have to wear your mask to get there. But once at the table, with your table mates, you take off your mask. The table unmasks us all. God's table unmasks all of us. I want to talk a little bit about how we got to the table in the Jewish and Christian tradition. There's a revealing rabbinic story that captures what happened after the destruction of the temple in 78 and the subsequent disappearance of the locus and focus of Jewish faith, which was the priestly class and sacrificial cult. Um, Remember, in Acts 2, we read that the early church, they would worship at the temple but then they would uh, spend time around the table with each other. Uh, but let's be clear about what it meant to worship at the temple. The temple was a place where worship was defined as animal sacrifice. So let's be clear about what we mean by that understanding of temple worship. It doesn't mean you're chanting and having your hands up in the air and praising God. It means you're bringing your animal for sacrifice. So here's the story. One day, Rabbi Yohanan ben Zakkai was going from Jerusalem to the, in the company of Rabbi Yehoshua when he saw the sanctuary of the temple in ruins. What a calamity for us, exclaimed Rabbi Yehoshua, that this place where expatiation was made for the sins of Israel lies in ruins. And Rabbi Yohanan said to him, my son, do not be sad. We have a means of expatiation expiation that is equivalent and that is the practice of goodness according to what is written what I want is love not sacrifice here very early on the the sages the rabbis and the architects of the Mishnah and the Talmud rebooted Judaism not around the temple which was destroyed in 70 CE but around the table But let's be clear, two tables to be exact. The table in the synagogue at which the sacred scriptures were read and the table in the home where food was served to multiple generations. So I cannot say this any more clearly than this. The table is what replaced the temple in the liturgical life of Judaism. The table in the synagogue where you got out the scroll from the ark and chanted the scriptures or the psalms and read the scriptures or the table in the home where priests presided at an altar. By the way, the altar was also called a table in the temple that you could use them synonymously. The altar 
at which the animals are sacrificed was also called the table. But the where priests presided at an altar, the rabbis presided at a table. Every synagogue must have an ark. That's where the Torah scrolls are kept. Every synagogue must have a table from which the scrolls are read. Other than that, synagogues are free to take the architectural form of the communities where they're located. The original idea was for the synagogue to be the tallest building in town, but Jews learned to keep their heads down and not stick their architectural necks above others. So that's why you have synagogues increasingly flatter and flatter and, and one story only. Parents presided at the table in the home where everyone studied and prayed and ate together. And one of the most sacred Jewish holidays, Passover, is not celebrated in the synagogue at all. There's nothing that goes on in the synagogue at Passover. The only celebration is around the home table presided over by the father and mother who read the liturgy recounting God's liberation of Israel from slavery and God's continued presence in the lives of the people. And by the way, the liturgy around the table at Passover starts with the youngest member of the family posing four questions about the story, which are answered during the extended meal. But who the call to worship, if you will, of the Passover celebration is done by the youngest member of the family who can speak at the table. Christians reframed the animal sacrifices offered at the temple to be the life sacrifices offered at the synagogue and home. Now that word sacrifice, we don't like to hear that word, but it comes from the word saker, S-A-C-E-R, sacred, and fakare, which means to make. So to sacrifice something is to make it sacred. And what Christians did was to make sacred their whole life. All of life is a sacrifice. It is a is to be something that is made sacred. What Christians did was to make sacred their whole life. They made everything they did and everything they were sacred. All of life became a holy and living sacrifice. You no longer sacrificed an animal to make your offering sacred. You made sacrifice. You made sacred your whole life, and that was your sacrifice. So at the very beginnings of Christianity, yes, temple and table were both central. Believers met in the temple for worship, where the priests chanted psalms and sacrificed animals. But they met at home around the table where the liturgy was. Day by day, as they spent much time together in the temple, they broke bread at home and ate their food with glad and generous hearts. The first Christians did not come together primarily to worship but to eat a sumptuous meal together. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. They came together to experience the joy of eating the Lord's Supper on the Lord's Day. And while eating there, they found fellowship bathed in prayer. The teaching could take place before the meal, after the meal, sometimes during the meal, in Greek, the breaking of bread and, and fellowship, there's no and in the Greek, are simultaneously activities. In other words, breaking of bread and fellowship are the same thing. So their devotion was to three things, fellowship around meals, prayers, and apostles' teachings. I love how the German theologian and Near Eastern scholar Joachim Miramias 
argued that the core Eucharistic concept of anamnesis, do this in remembrance of me, is given as a reminder for God more than a remembrance for us, like the rainbow, which is a reminder not to us, but to God, not to flood the earth. The Eucharist was a reminder to Jesus to return to the table, come back to earth and join at the messianic table. And that's his interpretation of the of the, the words, do this in remembrance of me. One of my, one of my students, Julia Herlau, has written a, a, a captivating study of the importance of the table and, and the rituals that can take place at the table and what it means to summon each other to the table. And she actually has ideas of how meals in real life, like meals in the Bible, should never be approached as mere physical sustenance, but are times of social significance and theological meaning and and spiritual sustenance. Meals can be times of covenant making or covenant breaking. They are that important. And, And maybe it's time for us to stop labeling and start tabling. Instead of labeling people on based on differences and and political persuasions, let's start tabling our differences around food and conversation and listening and learning. I love the phrase table it. it we've we hear that and it means some bureaucratic procedure out of Robert's Rules of Order. But a true table it is not some bureaucratic procedure, but a liturgical celebration straight out of St. Paul's rules of the spirit. We got to get rid of St. Robert's rules of order. We got to embrace St. Paul's rules of the spirit. So the biblical meaning of tabling, the directive of table it has something very different in a sense in which we have originated and a sense in which we need to return. We got to bring back the table. It's time to table it. Thank you for listening to Napkin Scribbles. Please don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with a friend today. Today's Napkin Scribbles was sponsored by Portland Seminary of George Fox University. For more information, join them on the web at portlandseminary.org. For Professor and Arthur Leonard Sweet, until next time, happy scratching and scribbling.